So, as the story goes, woman buys a pet snake, brings him home, loves him, takes care of him, holds on to him, even sings him lullabies, washes him, bathes him, and then as he grows, she continues throughout the life of the snake to buy bigger cages as he grows. And she still continues to wash him and nourish him and make sure that he's cared for. Until one night, she wakes up and she's struggling to breathe. She doesn't understand it. And then when she opens up her eyes, she realizes that the snake is wrapped around her body. And then she says to the snake, all this time, I've taken care of you. I've bathed you. I've bought houses for you, bigger cages, done everything for you, and even fed you. Why would you do this to me? The snake happens to say, you knew I was a snake when you brought me home. Let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? You have reached the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host, and we'll be taking you through plenty of taboo topics that men deal with on a daily basis. We're going to go through, listen, and deal with all these things together. I know I've got to heal, and I'm sure you have to heal too, or the man in your life needs to heal. Stay tuned, fasten your seatbelt. Hold on. Here we go. All right, back at you once again. Welcome to the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host, and today with me, I have a good friend of mine. Uh, His name is Bruce. His name is Bruce. I, I would actually have to say he's pretty much one of my most active subscribers uh who's always giving me feedback and uh go ahead bruce uh, go ahead and introduce yourself um first of all let me say good morning to you my brother my friend good morning my to you mentor. too yes sir and uh you know we have traveled some roads together uh, and i am most appreciative and thankful to god for you being a part of my life thank you sir uh my name is Bruce, and the first thing I'm going to say, shout out to your father, because on the last, uh, well, not the last, but the podcast that you did with your father, right, he right. mentioned St. Louis, and I'm from the Lou, and I'm uh, proud. I'm <laughs> from the Lou. <laughs> yes, I'm sir. I'm from the Lou, uh-huh. and everything. Born and raised there, uh, left St. Louis, went in the Marine Corps, did 21 years there, got out the Marine Corps. Uh, Spent 14 years in California, as you know, where we met. Mm-hmm. Left California, went to El Paso, Texas for about three and a half years, supporting my family, well, my middle daughter. And then uh, from there, I'm here in St. Louis once again. And currently, I'm prepping to get ready to move to the Dallas Fort Worth area. Uh-huh. More so, Fort Worth than Dallas. Oh, so I'm boy. looking to do that later on this year and everything. And other than that, I'm tired once i get down there looking to get back into school and see what god has for me next i hear you i hear you well um this gentleman uh i have a great respect for um I, i'll let him talk about it a little bit more in just a second 
about how we met and how we came to be. But um, what I appreciate about appreciate about Bruce, he's always been one of those people that you can rely on for uh, not just support, but somebody who believes in you. He believes in believing in men, you know, and he's always been one of those that if he can be a part and he has the time to do it, he will be there. So, Bruce, um, just kind of give the audience a uh, understanding of basically how you and I even came to be as brothers. Well, uh, we met in the mid-2000s in Wilkemore, actually, California. Uh, We wound up fellowshipping at the same church. Right. And what was so amazing about it was one night after one of my Bible studies, we happened to have been walking out and I forget how he said something and I was like, huh, wait a minute, do you have, and it turns out that I had met his grandmother in the early Mm -hmm. 90s. I think it was 92 if I'm not mistaken. And really, she started me on a path towards the Lord mm. in my walk and everything. Because prior to that, uh, hey, you know, oh. I was in the world, and uh, it just is what it is, you know. Uh, thank God that I'm not what I used to be. I heard that. And so just from there, John and I, we served in ministry together in leadership, we supported each other. Um, we prayed for each other. We cried with each other. We've encouraged each other. And we've just walked through life up until this point. Yeah, Lord knows we've done a lot of crying, boy. <laughs> yes, Lord. Man, yes, Lord. we've done a lot of crying. Yeah, so in case you guys didn't hear, so he hit uh, many years prior, met my grandmother, which was amazing because he was in Northern California. And it was through her that uh, he ended up coming, going to the church that we attended. And that's how he met my parents. We met. But that was pretty much it until uh, roughly about, I think that was like 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. And then come to find out, we end up at the same ministry. And hey, did you know? No. Yeah. Well, because I know. But needless to say, right after that, it was an instant bond. (laughs) And uh, we just uh, uh, became friends and brothers every since, every since. Matter of fact, which is interesting because uh, I was telling mom and dad about you just recently, uh, when I, especially when I was speaking to dad on the podcast. So I said, by the way, you know, I have Bruce coming up pretty soon. He's like, oh, yeah, how's brother Bruce doing? <laughs> He's like, man, where is he at now? And what is he doing? And <laughs> It'll be nice to see you. <laughs> So I was like going, yeah, I was like going, yeah. So uh, yeah, I said, yeah, he'll be coming up pretty soon on the broadcast. Oh, yeah? So what y'all going to talk about? I'm not telling you. <laughs> you know, because you know my father can't hold water, boy, let me tell you. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell nobody but everybody. <laughs> just mentioned it just a little bit. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's a secret, Dad. Yeah, 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 I'm not going to say anything. Hey, guys, did you hear? <laughs> Well, I wasn't supposed to say nothing. You didn't tell me. I'm like, well, I didn't tell you like five times. (laughs) 
Yeah, but that's pop though. That's pop. Well, anyway, well, anyway, uh, uh, audience man, we're we're going to be talking about sizing you up. That is our topic for the day. As you heard about the story of the snake, man, you know, it's it's amazing because you know life. Uh, a lot of things start off small, and you know we know what they are. I mean, we really know what they are. Um, and I think in this first portion of sizing you up, um, you know, um, I know a lot about Bruce. He knows a lot about me and he's had a lot of experiences. Um, he loves quotes and things of that sort. There's a lot of parallels that he draws, um, with things, you know, in his life, uh, serving in the Marine Corps as well as in life, uh, through, you know, marriage or whatever the case may be and you know difficult relationships so we're going to dive right into that so with sizing you up uh bruce um talk about you know some of the you know relationships or relationship maybe there's a story in that where you you know where you could we can just be transparent we could be honest and say you know we knew what it was going in you know and we figured maybe it was going to change uh, but you already knew it was a snake. You know what I'm saying? It was a baby snake before it started. So let's talk about, let's deal with relationships because, because you know, as I know, we as men, sometimes we know off the, and out the gate that this is a snake. <laughs> you know, this relationship is going to be a snake, but you know what? You no, know, uh, it's going to be good. You know, I, I, I'm going to change it. Everything's going to be fine whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden it grows up into a, you know, a huge boa constrictor slash python. <laughs> and then you get mad because it's choking you out, you know? So let's talk about that real quick. Go ahead, Bruce. Yeah. Well, you know, the snake can be on either side of that fence. It can either be the person that you're going into knowing that they're the snake, you know, with us as men, you know, knowing that the woman is a snake because you know her pedigree or the flip side of that, we could be going in knowing that you're a snake. <laughs> you got that you right. Your pedigree. Right. So, you know, that could be on either side. I have gone into relationships and knew that she wasn't right, you know. And so, on that, going in knowing that she wasn't right, it's like, okay, this is what it's going to be here for. This is what we're going to do when we do it, how we do it. You call me, I call you. We know when we get together, this is what it's about. Mm -hmm. No strings attached, friends with benefit, however you want to look at it. You know, the flip side of that, I've gone in with my heart and found out that, you know, she was that snake, Mm. you know, and like come back later on. Ooh, that's going to leave a scar. (laughs) Right. And And so, and later on, we'll talk about like where I am oh, yeah. today in my life as far as like relationships and things like that. Mm-hmm. But like I said, uh, understanding the snake can be on either side of that fence. You got that right. Either them or you. You know, and the thing about that is, as you as you so eloquently stated there, I mean, Lord knows. I mean, let's just be honest. There's been plenty of instances. Okay, men, we talking to you. There's plenty of instances where we've been that snake, right? <laughs> we've really been that snake. We have not been, uh, um, you know, the type of uh, male, the type of man um, in certain instances like we, that we should have. 
you know some of them you know some relationships we've gone into you know eyes wide shut if you want to call it that <laughs> you know that just because we knew exactly what we're what we're getting ourselves into we knew what we were doing you know and then so we've called some instances you know and then some relationships yeah uh if you weren't the snake you know the other person was a snake and um some of them have been constrictors and some of them have been very poisonous you know and mm-hmm. and then and let's talk about some of those poisonous relationships and the reason why i want to say poisonous relationship is because not every relationship um is dealing with a man and a woman and um you know you, you do have those relationships where you you know uh where you have um you know gender related you know relationships where you know there's a lot of different things going on now uh, where people are you know are not uh homo sapiens you know they're they're you know they're you know some some are you know gay lesbian some are transgender some are you know you got the lgbtq community um so it's not just that so even those relationships can be toxic even those relationships can be venomous but the relationship i really want to focus on outside of like a love personal relationship what about those personal relationships and i mean again we're talking to men so i'm saying the man on man relationship and i mean not the love i'm talking about for instance like you and i i mean we're brothers i mean we're good dudes but then you have those poisonous relationships, you know, kind of like how women have those relationships with their girlfriend and mm-hmm. only find out that that's a little twisted. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I think for me, I think a very poisonous relationship for me from a man's point of view, um, dealing with another man is when, um, you know, let's just say we're having that barbershop talk. You know, you and I were just sitting down having that barbershop talk and I'm being very. Uh, candid with you I'm being very open um, just kind of telling you what I'm going through and then you go to somebody else and start spilling my tea you know what I'm saying <laughs> you know and start telling somebody else about my the stuff that I share with you um, let's talk about those venomous you know relationships um, how do you how you know what have you gone through in dealing with some of those relationships how did you handle them and then uh, and then how do you go into relationships now as far as that goes? Well, dealing with men on men, I have had, uh, I started at an early age and everything because the backstory is I was an only child. Ah. Okay, so boom, only child. Then two, mm. I was adopted. Hmm. That's two strikes. Oh man! Stuff. Okay, okay. So, um, so you know, I always wanted to try to fit in. So, mm. trying to do that, you try to compensate a lot of things, and people will take advantage of you because you're trying to compensate. You're trying to fit in. You want to so desperately belong, and people will take advantage of. You. Mm-hmm. And so I learned early on in life a couple of things that happened. Once I was in a situation to where we were all out in the alley playing. Uh, imagine that in this day and age, somebody outside played it. But we were in the alley playing. I was, quote unquote, the rich kid. My parents, we weren't rich. We were just 
I was raised in a middle class family and we did okay. You know, we didn't live from payday to payday. So one day we were playing and I got mad. You know, so I took my bat, my ball, and my glove and I went home. Mm. And the rest of the brothers was out there in the alley and they got a trash can lid, a rock, and a broom handle and kept right on playing ball for their version of ball. And so it struck me right then, it was like, wow, you know something? The world can survive without me. Mm-hmm. So I need to make a, a shift. And I learned that early on in life. But then during that same time, I, you know, would um, gravitate to people that were less fortunate than me. Mm-hmm. Because I've always had a heart for people. Right. I don't true. like people suffer you know if there's something I've just had that discernment all my life and so I would reach out to people and I remember uh, one young man we were friends oh I thought we were friends and I remember I was coming in one day I was riding my bike and I was having trouble bringing my bike up the steps and I remember him standing there at the top of the steps and he looked, he looked at me and he said, you know, I'd like to see you have trouble. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. I've taken you in as my friend. My parents have fed you. When we go shopping, they buy you clothes. We go to a show, you know, and everything. You're family. And this is what you say to me. You know, it's a relationship. Fast forward in life, I've actually, and this is something I've done just to see, I've sized the person up. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to take a loss on some things just to see if you truly are the person you say you are, right. the person that you're trying to display that you are. You know, you say this, but then you put yourself out there and you say, okay, I'm going to see if they truly are. Sometimes it's been a win. Sometimes it's been a loss. So <laughs> right. that's been life. Man. You know, uh, one of the things that um, you said was where you packed up your stuff and, and you know, and basically, you know, and I think we, we as men, we do that quite a bit. And we've done it as mm-hmm. boys. I know I have. I mean, one of the things that I remember uh as a young boy was I enjoyed shooting marbles. Man, I enjoyed shooting marbles. And I mean, uh we'd be in the neighborhood and and uh we would you know we, and we would collect marbles and not only that we would trade marbles, you know, for different mm-hmm. things and you know uh but what but one of the you know and you know the saying that sometimes when things don't go your way you just pack up your marbles and go home, right? And and then mm-hmm. think, you know, shoot, if you don't want to play my way, well I'm just gonna grab my stuff and leave and leave you hanging only to find out, you know, they got a whole uh, uh, thing of marbles in their pocket and they just pull out their own marbles and the game keeps rolling on. And, and I think a lot of times we fail to realize that in not just relationships, but you look at your, you know, your, the society, your jobs, the military, the such and such, you know, people may grieve for a little bit, but in all honesty, you know, something happened to you on your job, you know, yeah. At first, you know, while you're there, all of a sudden you're hard to replace. 
you know, but once you're gone and they know you're not coming back, uh, they'll have somebody <laughs> in your spot in a minute, <laughs> you know, and they keep on trucking, <laughs> you know, they might shed a quick tear and be like, ah, God bless him. He's gone. All right. Next, Johnny, come on in here. You're going to replace so and so. And that's and that's the way life is. Um, the sad part about it is a lot of times those relationships haunt us when we walk away, you know, and we and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden because of whatever happened in that previous relationship uh, with, uh, say, Bobby and uh, Craig and them. And because of that relationship, we kind of go into other relationships kind of leery because we look mm-hmm. at, you know, you know, we can say whatever we want to say, but guys have feelings too. Let's just be honest. You know, we put on a good mm-hmm. front, you know, like, oh yeah, man, nothing bothers us, dog. You know, we good, you know, nah, man, bro, I'm good. Nothing bothers. But the truth of the matter is when you at home by yourself or riding in your car by yourself and the windows rolled up and you playing whatever you plan, you know, we are, we are, a lot of us are in our own feelings. Let's just be honest. We got our own feelings going on, <laughs> you know, and it's crazy, you know? So in that relationship, uh, setting, how do you, how do you, um, deal with even, you know, relationships even now? I know you talked about that, um, uh, the fact that you don't like to pe- see people suffer. And I love how you talked about, you know, where you're open about being adopted and you had all these negatives. So right now, speak to somebody right now who um, maybe they are where you were. You know, they maybe they are adopted. Maybe they have been left by their parent, you know, at the fire station or on somebody's doorstop. Maybe they went through the the adoption platform to where they went or foster platform where they went to house, the house, the house, the house, and they're still trying to find out who they are. Maybe they are looking for encouragement. How do I go on from here? Maybe I'm, I'm dealing with, um, the simple fact that as you stated, I don't fit in and you're trying to find out your own place. Speak to somebody right now, um, on that platform. Well, here's the thing that took me a while to understand. Okay, um, I'm going to try not to ramble and try to put this in a sequence here because there's something near and dear to my heart. So, um, growing up, I used to, anybody when my young adulthood, if you had a psychology degree, you and I, we got nothing to talk about. You got a psych degree, I'm out. Don't say good morning, don't say hi, because I think you're always trying to analyze me. So that was my insecurity of myself. It wasn't until one day, John, I was broken, bro. Mm. I was broken. I used to go when I was in California. Every Thanksgiving, I would go to Laguna Beach. I would get up three o'clock in the morning, and you know where Laguna is in relation to Temecula, Marietta area. Oh, yeah. And that's I would my drive spot. over there. Mm-hmm. And I would drive over there. And I would sit there. And it would still be dark. And I would just get before the Lord. And I would write my declaration of thanksgiving. Because, you know, it's a year later. You've allowed me to see another year come and go. And I'm still here. Uh-huh. But I was sitting over there one day in office. Uh, the truth is my marriage was in shambles and stuff mm. 
and I'm over there and I am I'm broken. Mm-hmm. I'm crying. I'm just broken. This mom still voice spoke to me and it said, marriage counseling. I was like, what? I thought I was losing my mind, Sean. I did. Wow. And I literally looked up to heaven and did this. And forgive my little flirtier. And I said to God, do you see the hell that I'm in? And then I just said, drop my head and said, okay. The reason why I was in such a mess, kind of like I said, my marriage was a mess. And then to be a marriage counselor, what kind of degree do you have in that? Mm-hmm. It's like how it's going to God also has a sense of humor as well. <laughs> so I went to school and I learned so much about me in school. Why I do certain things, why I don't do certain things, why I say certain things, why I don't say certain things. So that was a great learning experience of or awakening for me. So to say to a person when you're in this place where you don't understand how you fit in or why you don't fit in, what you have to do is you have to get away from everything and everybody. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have to be real with myself and I have to depend on God because you know we as Christians and yes I'm a Christian I'm not going to beat anybody over the head about my faith but yes I'm a Christian Mm -hmm. Right. a lot of times a lot of us we talk the talk but we don't walk the walk oh never that well I can't speak for everybody me <laughs> you know how no, we used to I was being sarcastic <laughs> you know I, I understand you you know how it is we get in the pulpit and you know how you don't want to look at somebody so you tell, you say excuse my back and you turn around and face the wall right. so you're facing away from the congregation right so yeah so I understand that you were being sarcastic and I love that and everything but you know I would say to anybody if you're struggling, the struggle begins in your mind. Right. First thing you got to do is be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be because you can't fix what you won't face. Ooh. Say that. Wait, say that again. You can't fix what you won't face. My God. My it's God. It's like an addiction. You know, we can pray for people who have addictions, be them uh, alcohol, be them drugs, be them sex, be them gambling. We can pray, we can talk to the blue and faith. But until that person, until you want to be better, it's not going to happen. Right. So you have to be honest with yourself. That's your starting point. So what I'm hearing is that that, that, that whole thing uh, that starts with you. Is, is that is that what I'm hearing right now? Are you are you saying to the exactly audience that you you whoever whatever man boy young man old man 
real older man <laughs> it starts <laughs> if, if you want to change anything you're telling me that it starts with me is that what you're saying absolutely mm-hmm. so, absolutely okay so if it if it starts with me and we're talking about sizing you up and it starts with me so let's mm-hmm. talk about the simple fact of if it starts with me then the first thing I need to do is encourage myself. So let's talk about encouraging yourself. How does one go about encouraging themselves because they have to size themselves up? Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to let the negative get out of your ear, out of your head, out of your heart. You have to understand that you have to take inventory of yourself. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you a good person? You know, you have to ask yourself, are you a good person? The hard question is, will your standing make uh, it before God? Shekinah Glory has a song they talk about the secret garden. And the psalmist says, I want to go to that secret place where I can be naked and not be ashamed. Mm-hmm. You got to go to that place to where you can be naked. You can be vulnerable. Right. You can stand before that mirror and look yourself in the eye. I remember I was on a an operation one time. And I was out there in the desert floor, and I was losing my mind. Oh, boy. I'm cussing. I'm fussing. I'm just, ooh. And my CEO, my colonel, he looked at me because of my case. He said, son, come on, let's take a ride. We jump in this building. We we out on the desert floor. We just ride. (laughs) And so he says, what's wrong? So I got through moaning, groaning, complaining, and, well, there's another term that we could use for our will. <laughs> and so he's, he let me go. He says, Seth, sorry. He says, you got to be honest with the guy that you shaved in the morning. He says, if you can look in the mirror and you like what you see looking back at you, everything else is secondary. So that's what we have to get if we're going to heal from those open wounds. Mm-hmm. You have to stand there in that mirror and look. And the first thing you got to do is you got to admit that I'm broken, I'm angry, I'm hurt, I'm afraid. I don't know about, I'm probably the only man on the planet and stuff that probably gets scared and afraid of some things and stuff oh no wait 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 wait. hold on hold on marines don't get scared is that not true okay Okay. (laughs) again i'm 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 devil's advocate because you got you you got coast guard listening you got army you got navy you got the air force you got everybody listening and you know a lot of times um the general the general population thinks um, that these Navy SEALs, that these Green mm-hmm. Berets, and these mm-hmm. Special Forces people, they're never afraid mm-hmm. of anything. 
So are are you te- are you telling me that there comes a time in your life where these people can actually be afraid of stuff? There comes a time in every man's life uh-huh. where he's afraid of something. That's what I'm talking about right there. Yes, sir. Yeah, buddy. Man. Every man. Every man. Every man. Yeah, I like how you mm-hmm. went into earlier where you talked about that secret place. It reminds me of a song. And, and I know some people will know um, this song is by a group called Commission called The Secret Place. Uh, a secret mm-hmm. place where you can go to ease your troubled mind. It's that, that secret place. Mm-hmm. And every man, as he stated earlier, needs to find that secret place. You know, for many Absolutely. of us who are Christians, we know where that secret place is. And if you're and if you are a Christian and you're dealing with certain things right now, you know where that secret place is. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. you need to go get in your closet. Sometimes you need to go stand <laughs> in the corner. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the back seat of your car or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be where you need to pull over an emergency lane and, and, and find your secret place. You guys know what I'm talking about. And then for others, for mm-hmm. the, for those of you that are uh, non-religious, what is that secret place for you? What is that? Mm-hmm. You know, and every, every man has to be able to find what that is. Um, whether it's um, for some people, it maybe it may be counseling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for for others, maybe it's sitting um, under somebody that mentorship to be trained to be mm-hmm. taught. Um, whatever that is, we have to be able to find it because again, if you're struggling with self, you know, your anything after self is going to be in jeopardy, right? In, anything after self, because if you don't get self in check, it's a wrap. You know, your the next relationship is going to be messed up. Your friendships are going to be messed up. Your job life, you, you can have a great work ethic. But if you're dealing with self, you're going to have issues with management. <laughs> you're going to have issues with leadership because your followership <laughs> is going to be jacked up. <laughs> Forget fellowship, followership, because <laughs> you can't follow nobody, you know, when you're all messed up. All right. So we go. All right, team. So we're going to take a break real quick and we'll be right back at you with the next one. We at IDW appreciate your listening support. If you're finding great value from this content, please consider clicking our monthly supporter link as we are striving to bring you the best content available both now and in the future. Thank you in advance. This is IDW. I'm Sean, your host. All right, welcome back. I'm back with you with my co-host uh, Bruce, um, and we were talking about sizing you up. So we just got into a relationship aspect and talking about when sizing you up as a man. It first starts with us, right? It starts with us looking at ourselves in the mirror and encouraging ourselves. Okay, so now that we've sized us up, okay, Bruce. Now that we've sized us up, now that we've gone through uh encouraging ourselves maybe uh from the religious front maybe we're listening to uh encouraging words you know from our pastors our local ministers uh maybe uh we're hearing things from a uh, a mentor or maybe a counselor uh maybe we've gone through some therapy to get through some things so now that we've sized again size ourselves up where do we go from here 
you've been honest with yourself, you're in a better place and everything. And now you can look out because, you know, uh, you always have to make sure that your heart, your mind, your house is clean and in order, decently and in order. And then you go out and you start forming other relationships and stuff. So do you have to size other people up? Absolutely. Because if you don't, you'll wind up in those things that I talked about earlier, mm. where people will mistreat you, misuse you, uh, take advantage of you, use your kindness for weakness. So when you go in, you meet people and you take them well for me. I'll take you for face value. I'll listen to what you say, but I'm going to watch what you do. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and again, uh, you guys know, you know, I, I don't, this is not a Christian based ministry. Y'all know that this is just, this is for the general population for everybody. Y'all know my background. You know, I am a Christian though. Uh, Bruce on here right now, I'm talking to you right now as a Christian, you know, okay, you understand that. Mm-hmm. But one of the things he just said is you, you listen to what they say, but you watch what they do. And absolutely. And that goes back to that one scripture that talks about where you're seen and read among all men. So we open our mouths in one aspect, but people watch our lives. Talk about that, Bruce, when uh, when we're sizing up others. But isn't there a certain walk that um, we men Again, we're talking about men. We men must carry while we're sizing up other folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you're sizing up someone, and we're talking men, Mm -hmm. men have a tendency. We're the alpha male. No. Everybody wants. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Everybody wants to be the. Everybody wants to be the apex. The top dog. Top dog. (laughs) Everybody wants to be the top dog. And so if you go in, if you show any signs, if you will, for lack of a better term, any weakness Uh or anything, then, you know, you automatically push down on the totem pole. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like for me, I'm a very compassionate man. I own it. I've always been that way. And I'm not going to change who I am about that. Now, the flip side of that is... He ain't no punk either. If you push me, (laughs) if you push me, then the flip side of that is going to be like, oh, snap. Mm -hmm. And a little quick story about that is, you know, my personality, you and I, we... We've, we've walked, we've journeyed together mm-hmm. and everything. There was a Easter skit that we did uh, at the church one Easter. And I had to play the part of the Roman soldier who was beating Jesus. Oh, yeah, who, yeah, yeah. I remember that skit. I remember that. And after the skit was over with, one of the pastors who used to come up from Chula Vista, she came out and she looked at me. And she just stood in front of me and she looked at me. And people came up and they were like, 
who is that? Because that was a side that they weren't familiar with. Right. So, you know, you get to a point in life to where we as men, you want to test us. Men want to test men. Who's the alpha dog and stuff? And then sometimes when you get pushed to that place and they realize, oh, we pushed him to this point now that he's at that point. We don't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. You deal with what you created. I was a good guy. I was easy going, laid back. But then you pushed me to this place. Now you see that dark side and make no mistake about it. <laughs> the dark side. We all, to the dark side. We, all ha- we all have a dark side. I don't care how long you've been in this walk, your face, or whatever. I don't care how compassionate you are, you can be pushed to a place to where there's something or someone will emerge out of you and it will scare even you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 um, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. I've been pretty fortunate to a point. Um, Oh man, God, I, I can go in so many directions from that, but, <laughs> God. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's, it's been amazing, you know, listening to, you know, you talk about that because the truth of the matter is there's always somebody or some people who think that because you are the way you are, meaning what they see, what they see, for mm-hmm. instance, at work, on your job, in the Marine mm-hmm. Corps, whatever, because of what you see, you know, for some people they they seem to be that alpha dog, like all the time, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're that, mm-hmm. you know, that alpha dog. And then you have some that need to be the alpha dog when they need to be. Mm-hmm. And then there are some kind of, you know, I'm not going to say kind of like me, whatever, but there are some who I don't mind following. I don't mind listening Mm-hmm. I don't mind, um, you know, sometimes taking over if need be. But, you know, again, I've learned a lot, you know, as I've gotten older, I've learned a lot more by listening than by talking, than by taking over, you know, just by watching and seeing. But there comes a time where in each of us, there's another side of us that people don't Absolutely. know. You know, the alpha, mm-hmm. do, you know, the alpha dog who's the alpha all the time. There mm-hmm. is a flip side to him, too. That, that is not the alpha dog, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. for some, you know, you think they're and I'm just going to be honest with with many of you. They're going to be listening. And, you know, some might unsubscribe. But the truth, truth of the matter is there is there is a little punk <laughs> in every single one of us at certain aspects of our lives in certain things. You know, for some people, they're not so great at relationships with, you know, man and woman, you know, a love relationship you know, they kind of punk out in that aspect. You know, there are some that have a fear of taking over, you know, they rather follow. Mm-hmm. There are some that when it comes to household mm-hmm. duties, they are punk in that area. There are some that kind of punk out in going to mm-hmm. work, you know, go, you know, getting a job, making money, taking care of their bills. And so, you know, there's a flip side to mm-hmm. each and every one of us. But then there again, there's some of us that are, you know, mm-hmm. we're happy go lucky. You know, we try to be cheerful all the time and this and that and the other. And we kind of go to, with the flow to a point. But we do believe in what we stand up for, what is right. And we speak up when, when something's wrong. 
But then sometimes, as you stated, you get backed into a corner and then all of a sudden the guy you thought was a chihuahua come to find out there's a full blown pit bull mixed with a little Rottweiler. And then all of a sudden, you know, the person in the ring is like, uh, what the heck just happened? So let's deal with the simple fact of these flip roles that each each one of us men actually have, because in this whole sizing you up thing, all of us have these different roles and aspects. And I, and I go, yeah, yeah, I use the dog aspect because I think this relates to all of us. You know, um, we all have this type, you know, some somebody might say, well, I'm, a, I'm the German shepherd type. You know, I have this type of kid. You know, some people, I'm always going to be a, a pit bull. Well, then. I mean, what do you mean? Pit bull or do you mean British bulldog? There is a difference, you know, or some, you know, they're a child, you know, or they're very temperamental. They're angry all the time, you know. Um, but let's talk about these these different types of men and the people that they need to be and understand that in these relationships, in this whole size you up gamut, there's going to come in time that we're going to have to experience the dual nature of each and every person each and every person, because many of us, you know, there's a, there's a flip side to all of us, even those of us that are Christians. I mean, let's be honest with you, you know, I'll be the most encouraging person. Um, I'll help lift you up. I believe in building people, not tearing them down. Um, just like you, Bruce. Um, I believe in, um, just being able to socialize and having a good time, no matter where I'm at and not be what is called a Debbie downer. Um, but then there's, there's, a, there's another side of me that, that is not brother Sean anymore, <laughs> you know, that is not, you know, um, and I don't like mm-hmm. that guy. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't like that guy. And, 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 and in some aspects, I detest that mm-hmm. guy. And, um, and I, I don't, I don't like that guy to show up, but sometimes there are some things that make that guy, you know, say, hello, I'm home, you know? So let's talk about that dual nature of us men. Sometimes it's necessary for that guy mm-hmm. to test that you don't like to show up. Mm-hmm. It's a requirement because what you have to do is you have to let people know, hey, I got your back and I'll go mm-hmm. to the wall and back with you. However, come. If you use me, if you misuse me, if you hurt me, if you mm-hmm. try to hurt my family, guess what? And I used to say this years ago. I have since quit. But I used to tell people this. If you do something to one of my children, oh, you don't want to do that. I will sell my soul to the devil. Yeah. Like I said, I used to say that. Right. But that's just the intensity. That's your go-to level. for your children. When I say that that guy shows up. Oh, man. You, you don't want to deal with them. That is not the person that you want to deal with. When you back me to a corner, because I was working one time at a place in Temecula, and it was a joke, but yeah, I'm not a guy. I like to laugh right. and smile, but hey, don't make me the buddy into your joke. And so I got in a situation, and I knew going in, because when I walked over to the guy, I said, okay, I said, I think I'm being set up. I'm the new guy, but I'm going to play along. So I went with the little joke. He got, ah. I said, okay, cool. So I'm walking away. So he says to me, 
where he says he talked to the supervisor. He says, boss, because the supervisor was in on joking and everything. And he says, boss, this MF right here. And I turned around. I stopped dead in my chair. And I walked back and I got square in his face. And I put my finger in his face. I said, that's the only <laughs> one of them. I'm going to be up in here today. The whole, the whole suite was like, oh, right. snaps. What do we do now? So they came and got me, you know, it's like, hey, go outside, take a break and stuff. But I mean that, you know, I'm a good guy. I'll support you, but don't push me. You know, right. it's like, say, pulling somebody's punk coy. Hey, this deck got, right here, you got you're going to be right. looking for that coy. And I mean, I know what you said earlier about, you know, uh, just each one of us got some punk in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's things that I'd like. Ooh, I'm kind of back off of that. I don't want to do that and stuff, you know. But like it's, like you said, yeah. we have to, it's a duality thing. Okay. I can I can lead and I can follow. Now, the thing you have to understand, when you follow the masses, sometimes you have to be yep. careful because yep. the M is silent. Exactly. You take the M off of masses, what you get, y'all. I'm just going to leave it right there. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to just blindly follow you along and stuff. If I got something to say, right. I'm going to say it. I'm going to be heard. Now I'm not the guy that's always, as Mm -hmm. we say, we can all sing together, but we can't all talk. Mm -hmm. I'm going to respect you. You got something to say. I'm going to respect you. Now, when I got something to say, don't be trying to talk over because then eh, the flip side of that is like, hey, when you talk, you talk. Your time's up. It's my time. You know, so you you have to Mm -hmm. to know when to go hard in the paint and when to back up, you know. I'm going to stay out here where it's nice and easy. I'm going to shoot from three, you know, three points. I'm going to get out here. Top of the key. I don't have to be in the paint, you know, pushing and shoving, you know. And that's just how we have to do that. We've got to know when to go hard, and we've got to know when to back off and say, okay. Yeah, it sounds like along. a Kenny Rogers song. Work together. You know, that's just <laughs> that's my right. No one to, Your dad no one to walk that. away and no one to run. No one to follow. <laughs> And the rest of that is you got to no count your is. money when you're sitting Absolutely. at the table. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of times men, you'll find out that when the alpha, alpha male are established and then you show up on the scene, like I've had mm-hmm. in the Marine Corps, we get transferred to a new unit. Okay, now I've got to come up in here. Oh, now I have to prove myself to all my fellow Marines above and below, regardless where they fall at on the rank structure. Because, like I say, my father used to say, you that. And that's true. Mm-hmm. But what is it you're willing to do? Right. What is it you're willing to do? What did Mike Tyson say? <laughs> Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Sometimes you got to punch somebody in the mouth. Oh, my God. Yeah, Sometimes you yeah, can talk to true. them. That's true. 
because you know it seems like everybody got something to say till you get hit. I remember uh, who was it? my uncle used to have a saying. Uh, actually, my my dad did too. And I think my uncle got it from my dad. <laughs> yeah, because my, my father hasn't talked about you know. You guys will hear him again uh, back on this podcast where I, I would really want him to kind of open up about his his younger days. You know, BC. And a lot of people don't understand what BC stands. BC before Christ. <laughs> <We okay? all laughs> because, but one of his we things, my father, um, and one of his things has always been, you know, he, he even he will even tell me this to this day. He said, you know, uh, when you're when you're involved in a confrontation, you know, especially if you're not just with one person, it's multiple people. He said, "The first one you hit, you punching around is the first one is the one that's talking the most." You said, "You hit him in the mouth first, you take him out." He said, "I guarantee you, the fight's over after that because nobody else wants to say anything because he's just the front man to try to get everybody egged on." <laughs> he said, "You take that joker out first." He says, "While he, he said, matter of mm-hmm. fact, while he's talking." <laughs> but I liked how you talked about you know the, that that mm-hmm. duality, you know, uh, dealing with your children because. Uh, that's that's a heart of mine too, and uh, uh, a lot of people know us for what they see on a daily basis. You know, they, hey, he's a nice guy. He's a very uh, he's a mentor. He builds people. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, there's another side of us that'll come out when you start messing with our children. You know, um, oh man, uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I get what you were saying when you said you know I sell my son to the devil. You know, to, to you know dealing with that, but that's just a simple fact. It's just an analogy. He's not saying, hey, Satan, sign me up. That's not what he's saying, you people. That's not what that is. It's the simple fact that for the rest of my days, you will be in my you will be in my sights, basically mm-hmm. through a scope, <laughs> and I plan on taking you out. That's what that's what that is. Um, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of us in certain aspects of our life, uh, we have to size up things, situations that cause us to take on a, a different dual nature. So let's mm-hmm. talk about, you know, even where we are right now. We've got some time to go into that. Let's talk about where we are, not just with the pandemic aspect of it, but also what you see with uh, um, and, you know, you've lived a lot longer than I have with um you being in the military and what you've seen from the uh your perspective dealing with uh, some of the racism and the reason why i'm saying the racism the military you know because you're you mm-hmm. are an african-american uh man uh you were in the military you've uh been around the globe and you've been to different places and you've seen things not just the racism or the differences of how uh, the a black man is retru- uh, mistreated, but also you've seen instances of others of other nationalities of how they've been treated. And again, we're talking about from the man aspect of it. So just kind of talk about that real quick. When you look at different things <clears throat> right now, I'm going to talk specifically here because we're, in this dispensation right now. Racism is at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that I had to share with someone recently was, um, this picture has been painted out before. This is not the first time I've mm-hmm. seen this picture. This movie's played out. But the intensity that it is on now, we're on a world stage, and this thing is playing out, and the world is wanting to know, how is it going to play out? 
Right. You talk about the military. Look at the police over the years. Do you notice now how the police are so militarized? Look at when they come. What are they wearing? They're wearing armor. They've got tasers. Some of the weaponry that they come out uh, in, which used to be you would only see if the SWAT team came out. Now, these right. officers, if a traffic stop goes wrong, he goes to his vehicle, and all of a sudden he's got an automatic right. weapon. He's coming out, and he's deploying tactics that you used to only see with SWAT. You used to only see with the military and stuff. You know, the times have changed. People are scared. The racism is at an all-time high. And yes, I'm going to say it. That person, because I'm be nice, occupying 1600 Pennsylvania Street, we as African Americans understood that when he stood on a platform of make America great again. What he was saying was make America white again. It is what it <sighs> is. <sighs> we come off of eight years of a first, a black man in the White House. Not one term, but two terms. The nation was like, we can't have this. Nobody else of color, no female, no other ethnicity. We need somebody that looks like us. We need a white man in there to represent this country. It is what it is. Hmm. I said it, and I said it unapologetically. It is what it is. Why do you think that we are the highest population being killed by police officers? Because it's been an unspoken truth. We got your back. There's a clip that was back in, I want to say it was the 60s. It may have been the 50s, but the 60s, where the leader of the Nation of Islam sat down with the leader of the Ku Klux Klan. And this is how the newsreel went. The Grand Dragon said, well, we don't really have anything to worry about because in the future, we're going to be your police. And to be your doctors, we're going to be running the financial institutions. We're going to be running education. We don't have to worry about it. Back in nineteen ninety two. Hey, say what you said again because say what you said again because you broke up in a big way. Say what you said again. Uh the last thing I heard that was very clear was the uh you talked about the the Grand Dragon speaking uh on behalf of something to deal with the police. So say that again because it broke up. Okay. Pretty I'm sorry. He said that in the future we're gonna be your police officers, the judges, the doctors, mm -hmm. the lawyers, the financial institution, the educational system. We're going to take care of all of this. We're going to be right there. And that's how we 
are going to control your destiny as you will. Mm. In 1992, mm. I put out a CD called Predator. On that CD, there's um, where they shoot. In that song, there's a lyric that says, Bucks Clan is wearing three-piece suits using the N-word for a turkey shoot. 1992. And here we stand in 2020. And the list yep. hey. of police officers killing young black men and now they've up the ante, killing black women, yep. killing black children. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a, uh, it's a shame. It's a sad state of events of where we are now. You know, we have uh, our children grown up now in the society. You know, for you know, um, you know, the older people you know especially like my parents and those that are even older you know they've seen a lot of this stuff before um especially you know during the times when you know they were getting water hosed and uh, things of that sort you know we see you know for some of us some people say you know that was such a long time ago and then for some it was just like yesterday you know and here we are like you said uh, sad state of events where you have to um, worry about what you're wearing, look over your shoulder, you know, see if you're being followed and, and things of that sort. It, it's it's a sad state of events, but this is the area. This is where we are, guys. This is where we are. So when we're talking about the subject of sizing you up, it's not just, it, yeah, it starts with you sizing you up, but now you, you need to size up not just others, but you need to size up situations. Mm -hmm. you, you need you need to size up where you really are right now, where we are as a society, men, where we are as a people, not black, white, red, brown, but men. Let's just talk again. We're talking about men, but where we are as a people, men size up. If you are really being a man, if you're really doing the things that you should be doing, if you're really trying to help out your counterpart, you know, in order to have a friend, you have to be a good mm -hmm. friend. Are you the type of person that can be relied on um, when they call? Because you can't expect somebody um, to come to your rescue. You've never gone to anybody else's rescue ever. So you really have to, you know, size up where you at. And if when you when you're looking at the news and and things being burned down, you know, yeah, you got the looters out there that's kind of taking some things out of uh, context and what have you. Um, but I get the simple fact that sometimes when people get pushed to their brink, they're willing to do whatever it is that's necessary for you to hear what I'm saying. I've been saying this to you for a long time and now you won't hear me. So now I got to go to extreme measures for you to take notice, to take interest in me speaking. So now I'm not speaking anymore. Now I'm doing something and you don't like it. You know, it, it's tough right now um, of where we are right now. This is the, the state of events we're in. It's all over the country. It's all over the world. Um, I watched the news brief where, uh, even China and some of the other places 
some of them are <laughs> i mean i'm just gonna be honest with you from what i read some of the places are capitalizing on the u.s's demise mm -hmm. they're capitalizing yeah because they're like please go ahead let them tear up stuff let them do this let them because they look at it as this is another way for us to come in it's another way for you guys to lean on us to give you what you need because you guys are tearing up your mm -hmm. own stuff you know, it's just one of those things um the sad point sad part is the simple fact that we don't realize what we're doing to each other you know whether you're black white uh whether you're you're, you're asian uh, hispanic doesn't matter um we all again men we all need each other period in the discussion we need each other if you think about it and let's just say let's just say if you ever had to go to war um against uh another country let's just say whoever it is um and it's basically the u.s against you know i don't know some some, some country all of a sudden it is now it's not about black and white anymore it's not about red and brown anymore it's not about you know uh what your social economical differences are anymore it's about now we're brothers in arms regardless of red white brown purple yellow whatever that is because now we're fighting for a common cause but what i do but what i don't understand is how come we can only do that when there's an enemy when actuality um the enemy here is the inner me the inner me um because a lot of our racism a lot of the things that we're going and dealing with now is dealing with people and themselves because of things have been taught through the years and and i know bruce you have seen it where you know when a child is young they don't care you know who what their friend mm -hmm. looks like they don't care if the person is, is speaking a different language they don't care if the uh, the person is mexican they don't care if they're filipino they don't care if they're black they're white all they know is they have a friend mm -hmm. so where are they being taught the hate from where where it's bruce coming from the homes and Hmm. Yes, it's coming from the homes. Hate is a learned behavior. Just that thing, just that simple. It's learned. Hmm. You know, you, you're not born with it. You learn it. And one hmm. of the things that happens is when people hmm. are afraid, they tend to want to destroy what stand. Well, the only thing you got to do is sit down and have a conversation with me. But then... I'm a firm believer that the social media is such a great tool, but it is such an evil tool. My daughter just told me a thing about something called cancel culture. And I was like, what? What is that? If I put something out there, common something, just a statement, and it someone everybody and their brother now has got to have their input their say freedom of speech 
Well, just because it comes up doesn't mean it comes out of your mouth. It doesn't necessarily have to come out of your mouth. But everybody feels they have a right to say something. Okay, but you have to understand that when you put that out there, there's consequences to what you just said. So there's true. a term, sensationalism and journalism. The news ratings aren't going to be up. They don't have something. What it say? If it bleeds, it leaves. So, society has that going on. People, I'm going to stay right here in my little segment of, of here because it's safe. I don't want anybody to get in here because I don't know what they may or may not do. How about taking the chance and open yourself up and find out? I went to a black student union meeting when I was in El Paso with my daughter. She said, Daddy, come go to come BSU with me. Okay, we go. Now, to me, I was like, what's going on? Because the president of the black student union was Hispanic. Hmm? Hmm. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm confused, but that's what I went <laughs> So, they start talking about black issues. Okay. So, this young lady, she uh, was in her 20s. Obviously, she's a college student. She's, well, I mm -hmm. just don't understand why everybody is so upset, this, that, and the other, that, that, that. I had enough. I said, you know, you, as a young 20-something-year-old, female, Latina, you don't have to deal with what I, as a grown man, have to deal with. You don't have to worry about when you see the lights pop up in your rearview mirror, am I going to walk away from this or drive away from this situation, whether I wind up in jail, in the hospital, or in the morgue? You never have to think about that. You don't have to worry about walking down the street and being pulled over a stop because you look suspicious. Mm -hmm. I've been pulled over and stopped because it's been said, well, you just didn't look like you belong in that car. Now, this was a, a conversation that I had in a criminal justice class. I'm a psych major and I'm in a criminal justice class. Go figure this out. 27 right. <laughs> of us in the class, two psych majors, two business majors, everybody else in law enforcement, want to get in law enforcement, or has been in law enforcement. Really? That's a great class. And so when I laid the story, like I was stopped because I was looking like I didn't belong in the car that I was in, one of the sheriffs did that. San Bernardino. Well, what kind of car were you driving? Well, what kind of car do I need to be driving? I look, I look like I don't belong in it. And the hard right. thing about it was, he was a black officer. Really? Mm, mm, mm. But going back to the prejudice, you don't know me. You come up automatically. My sin is my skin. We'll never be seen as unarmed as long as our skin is viewed as a weapon. 
But prejudice is tough. Policing has to change. How you viewed me when I walk in to your bank for a home loan. When I walk into Coach, Gucci, uh, whatever these other designer stores are, you immediately put the camera on me. You immediately have your people start watching me. It's got to change. Wait a minute. Are you saying it's okay for me to shop in those places? Is that, is that what you're saying? Mm, 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 mm. So as you stated, you said that a lot of this stuff is learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's learned, that means it's being taught in the home. As Absolutely. You stated. So if it's in, taught in the home, man, I challenge you to make sure that your children are being taught right. If you don't like, if you don't like what you're seeing, maybe it was tradition of the way you were brought under not to do a certain thing, not to socialize with a certain group. Maybe it was tradition and you've never liked the tradition, but you've never instilled the proper training in your children. If you don't do the proper teaching, what you see today will repeat itself tomorrow. Bruce, go ahead and close us out. One of the things about it, that men, we have to take our rightful place as the men, and not only the men, but the men of God that we've been called to be. We have to understand that we need to be strong. We need to be willing to slay that dragon on a daily basis, but we also need to have compassion. We also need to get away and understand. We need to love our wives. We need to love our children. We need to love our families. They talk about love your wife as Christ so loved the church. We're big to run to that scripture that says, hey, wives, submit yourself unto your husband." It's a two-way door. It's a revolving door. We have to do that. We have to be compassionate, but we have to be strong. We have to understand those times when the requirement changes. Just because you're compassionate, just because you're soft-spoken, it doesn't mean that you're a weak man. Sometimes your silence or your soft-spokenness is your strength. It speaks volumes. The word tells us, what are we supposed to listen for? That still small voice. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we got to stand on the top of the mountain and roar like a lion. Mm-hmm. We have to understand when and where to use which concept, to which strength we need to pull out, whether it's that softness, or that hardness. Because there's a time and a place for everything. It really is. There's a time for me to beat on my chest, shout from the rooftops, and there's a time for me to just sit and be still. Mm-hmm. Man. Well, man, I'm not sure what else I can add to that. <laughs> it's time to beat on your chest. 
and a time to sit and be still. Men, you've heard Bruce today, my co-host. Bruce, where can they find you if uh, anybody wants to either email you or maybe on social media if you have Well, um, the only social media that I'm on is on Messenger. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. you go and find Bruce M. Wynn. That'll be me. Or uh, my email. And I'm, hey, willing to share it. My email is bmw, the number one, usmc, at gmail.com. All right. And you guys heard from Bruce, my co-host. I'm Sean, your host. And thank you for listening to the I'm Dealing With broadcast. And men, man, you got to learn when to beat on your chest and know when to sit down and shut up and be still. Take care. Until the next one, be blessed. I'm out.